Hi, welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Ange coming to you with episode 281 with the super talented director of Won't You Be My Neighbor, Morgan Neville. Uh, This is a documentary about Mr. Rogers. Who doesn't want to know more about Mr. Rogers? We all miss him. We all love him. Uh, He helped us through many turbulent times as children, and he helped start a movement where we really need to care more about kids' emotions, and I think that doesn't happen enough today either. So I hope you enjoy our interview with him. It was really a pleasure to sit down and and hear what he learned uh, about going back into Mr. Rogers' life and uh, who the person he was. So enjoy. So you made a little movie uh, called Won't You Be My Neighbor uh, about Fred Rogers. Um, I'm going to start off a little serious <laughs> because it, it was, we saw it, I think, the week after the March for Our Lives mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. movement uh, and rally. So at least the one in San Francisco, they talked about toxic masculinity and how we need to change that idea. Um, and then we saw Mr. Rogers in Won't You Be My Neighbor. He was the polar opposite of toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that? And and was this your plan for that topic to be discussed? I mean, I think my plan was for radical kindness to be discussed. I mean, I think when I really tried to digest what Fred Rogers' message was, it was radical kindness. And kindness doesn't get a lot of time in our media. It's not very sexy. Mm. It doesn't sell a lot of tickets. It you know it's a lot easier to govern people or make money off of people through hatred and fear and bigotry than it is through kindness. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that kindness isn't hugely important. And I feel like the political market forces we have don't push us towards that. So I wanted to make a film to at least kind of discuss the value of civility essentially Mm -hmm. when mr rogers is talking about won't you be my neighbor he's saying what kind of a society do we want to build and to be a good neighbor is to be a good citizen so Mm -hmm. he's trying to really model these ideas to kids basically um trying to teach people how to be good humans teach kids basic humanist values of how we should treat each other and what kind of community we should have together that to me was the thing that made me want to make the film in the first place you know in terms of his um his image and his masculinity i mean that's part of it for sure and i think something that's so interesting about him is that he is this very different form of Mm -hmm. adult male figure in our culture you know he's somebody who um you know, was endlessly made fun of and ridiculed. And people said that he was gay. They said that he was a wimp. They said that he was, um, you know, not to be taken seriously. And I think the film in a way is trying to answer that and say, this guy was the most willful, the most purposeful, you know, the most mm, thoughtful. kind of thoughtful. <laughs> he's the dad you really want to have. Mm. He's, he's, And essentially that's what he was for many, many, many kids. I mean, I think what he saw was that there was going to be a generation of children who were going to be raised by this new medium, television, who were just essentially going to grow up in front of a television who needed a parental figure, and he was going to try and provide that, not to be the substitute parent, but to be a parental figure, an adult figure that could help raise people and present a certain type of 
point of view on how we should all behave. Right. You know, I mean, that that's the kind of radical thing he was doing. <laughs> it's not, you know, doing the TV show was like the, the collateral damage. Like, he didn't want to be famous. He didn't want to right. do a TV show. He just wanted to get the message out, and TV was the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if he could have done it all and not been famous, he would have done it in a nanosecond. Can I ask about, um, spoiler alert to our audience, but um, the conversation around him, maybe he was gay or not, because I remember growing up and watching him, because he wasn't the masculine figure you saw everywhere else, it kind of was like, maybe something's a little different about him, but was it weird going into that space and talking about that portion of his life, or it just felt very natural because everyone kind of wondered? I think... I think we had to talk about it okay. because everybody wondered about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I'm um, glad you went there because I was like, oh, good. Mm-hmm. I feel I yeah. feel okay that I You had to for it to be a rounded look. Yeah, and I don't, I didn't want to make a film and people say, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to talk about it because obviously he was gay. And I said, well, if he is or isn't, or right. let's, you know, we have to discuss it, you know, and I think, um, and I brought it up with many people, including his wife, who was like, you know, <laughs> said a lot of people think, thought he was gay. And it's like, well, he wasn't, right. you know, mm-hmm. but he, you know, his circle of his best friends, it's, um, it's interesting because it seemed like half, you know, many of them, he was friends with many, you know, Johnny Costa, his longtime piano player, like musicians, preachers, and gay friends mm-hmm. <laughs> were like his, his circles of people he spent the most time with. You He's know? really evolved. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> he was an evolved human being. Um, yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of, you know, gay people who worked on the, the show mm-hmm. who were very close with him. And, and, uh, and, you know, I think he was super comfortable with that um, and and um, and enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, I'm just thinking of all the stories I, I heard, but it's not. Um, but in a way, I think part part of what we end up talking about in the film is like what people want to do in our culture is say well then you've got to be gay or you've got to be closeted or um you can't be this way you can't just be um you know a kind of just a really good person it's easier to believe that you're 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 gay it's not that you're just kind yeah yeah it's the same reason people were saying oh he's got to be a sniper you know (laughs) covered with tattoos yeah that's the funny thing you're kind of keeping your fingers crossed like please don't have some skeleton come out like we don't need another fallen hero but you do show this side of him that is very human he wasn't perfect and he did at one point um tell i'm forgetting his name now yeah Yeah. to maybe you should stay in the closet so you can keep your job and you know he didn't always make the best decisions he was also flawed Mm -hmm. and uh, and that's important to note too yeah i mean i think one thing that joanne rogers mrs rogers said to me when we before we started making the film she said um don't make fred into a saint Hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. that was so wise of her um and what i think she meant was um if you sanctify somebody like Fred Rogers, then it's saying that he didn't have to work for it and that we don't have to try and live up. You know, that somehow mm-hmm. saints exist on another plane and, oh, he was just great and people like that will take care of things. But if you realize that he struggled with things, that he had to work at things, that it it means that we all have to do those things too. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think it's also it shows that he's dimensional, you know, saints 
tend to be two-dimensional and and I think Fred was very much a three-dimensional person so I think he evolved over time um, in a big way and I understand you know it's he's at the kind of nexus of um, you know the times his own history children's media funders like it's a complicated arena um, but I think ultimately he ended up on the right side of pretty much every issue mm-hmm. you know we don't even go into it much in the film but he was you know he was a vegan he was a oh, really wow. I was gonna know. ask you what did you find out about him that was surprising for you I mean I'm sure there are a lot of things but if you want to speak to that a little bit more yeah I mean it's uh, we did you know he was a pacifist <laughs> you know he said he didn't want to eat anything that had a mother Hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I know don't start I know I was sorry I was ugly crying at the end <laughs> yeah. of your film and she looked at me she's like are you okay I'm like no yeah I'm she said no okay. I'm not okay yeah. <laughs> I'm like okay I'll leave you alone for a minute we yeah. just sat there watch the credits calm down <laughs> it's well it takes you back to your childhood of course mm-hmm. I grew up watching mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers at my babysitter's house mm-hmm. I remember four o'clock um but is Sorry, I'm thinking about ugly crying. Um, <laughs> Is the it's the timing of it? It just yeah, that's really what I want to talk about. Close to home. <laughs> Purposeful mm-hmm. in time in terms of what we're going through now. Your well, timing. I, I mean, I things mean, I fall into your film, lap. I but. started the film, you know, a couple of years ago, right? Um, but I think the issues we're talking about also existed two years ago. If anything, I feel like the moment we're in is just a much more acute version of a de-evolution of our culture that's been going on for a long, long time. Right. So mm-hmm. me responding, essentially responding to listening to Fred give, you know, as I was thinking about making the film and watching videos and reading about him, and I was like, this guy is amazing. Kind of, I so didn't understand the depth of what he was doing mm-hmm. as a kid, of course. Um, but now as an adult and as a parent, I'm like, oh, I, I'm blown away by what he was doing and so to me it was a voice that was absent in our culture that I just wanted to bring back a little bit and talk about and use as a way to ask a bunch of questions from an audience and from all of us about about um, you know how we should treat each other and what kind of community we should have and mm-hmm. these kinds of issues like I said at the beginning which which are about kindness and about the kinds of things that um, they don't get a lot of a lot of airtime. So, um, so Fred was really, for me, just a, a way of like a started as a very personal film. Like this is a voice I want to spend time with, and this is a kind of voice I don't hear much. Mm-hmm. Um, but now to kind of when we finish the film, and then now just starting to screen it for people, being like, oh, other people. <laughs> have a, their own kind of relationship with him too mm-hmm. and they're yeah. basically all the things we were hoping people would get out of the film they seem to be getting out of the film which is great yeah did the family are they proud of the film and they're great okay yeah I flew back to Pittsburgh and sat in Fred's house with Mrs. Rogers um, it's so weird and, <laughs> it's so weird I know and, and <laughs> in their real. living room I screened the film for her when it was finished oh. and which was intense yeah yeah um, and I'm sweating it, just thinking yeah, about yeah. that. I know at the end of it, she turned and said, Fred would have loved this. Oh, and I just oh. thought, oh, okay, like that's the best review I'm ever going to get. Exactly. Right, that's it. Yeah. That's all you needed. That, yeah. and, and I love that because uh, I love the the fact that there was kind of a sense of urgency. Like we need to tell this story right now because of what's going on in our world. We need to remind people 
Um, but it was also a, a very charmed production from what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Everything, the funding came right away. Yeah. It, it happened a lot faster than you thought. You had yeah. access to all of these old videos from his family. It was, it kind of just ran smoothly, as smoothly it as it can. Know, people, yeah. Like, you know, somebody asked me, you know, when I first, we were premiering the film and, and somebody sent this questionnaire and said, you know, tell us about the most difficult parts of making your film. <laughs> and I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, the difficult part was, uh, the film was like charmed in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I felt like even the making of it and the editing, like all of us working on the film, like we were all infected by the Mr. Rogers thing. Like it was like a big kumbaya kind of production. It had to like, have been watching all that footage yeah, of him and hearing him speak. We all got into the gestalt of Mr. Rogers <laughs> and we were like, it was like, God, that was like the most therapeutic thing I could have done in 2017, you know, was, <laughs> was work on this film. Right. You know, in fact, it was like my little, you know, place to think about something positive at a time where there didn't feel like there's a lot of positive stuff happening. Right. Yeah. Well, even the people of Pittsburgh, where he lived and where, mm-hmm. where you filmed, they were even telling you, like, don't mess it up. This is an important yeah. story, right? You got a little pressure from them. Absolutely. <laughs> because he's one of those few cultural figures left who you feel like um, transcends so much of what we're, where we're going. We've seen so many people um, who we thought were... Um, more elevated figures uh, fall from grace. Uh, yes. So, you know, it's <laughs> so to find out that Fred is not only kind of who he was on camera, but actually was like a better version of who he was on camera in real life, like an even deeper thinking, more profound, more willful version. He was of a who warrior. He, was. he fought for yeah. public TV. Yeah. For public TV. Yeah. He was just. And more than anything, he, yeah, I mean, his, what he would always say is like, I'm fighting for children. You know, and that where most people who deal with, you know, most people in children's media are trying to sell sugar and toys yep. and always mm-hmm. have been. Push, you know? Pushers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he turned down every merchandising deal. He refused to make money off the show. Wow. You know, that he didn't want, <laughs> he course. said, I don't want to be, I don't want to be selling stuff to kids I have a relationship with. He saw his, his relationship with his viewers as truly that, like if that's why. At one point, he was getting more letters in America than anybody else, and he responded to every single letter he got. So he would spend, it was like a big part of his weekly schedule was just correspondence, um, and he kept every letter he ever got and every response he sent. Oh, it's more sh- than a million pieces. Do they still have, have that? You seen they it? have it all. You- yeah, oh. they even published a little book of some of the best letters and his responses, oh, which really? is a great book to check okay. out. Oh. What is it called? I want to. Uh, I need to look called? this up. We'll, we'll Google you it. Can, it's, fine. You can Google it's fine. We it, have you know. yeah. We have computers <laughs> um, and iPhones. And you things. know, and like yeah, there's so many good letters in there. And at one point, I was gonna. I actually had a bunch of kids read letters that had been written to him, and we were maybe gonna use it in the film. And ultimately, we didn't need it. But mm-hmm. but I love the letters. I just love that kind of direct communication. I was gonna ask it because we have to wrap it up. But do you see this project evolving more so than or more than just the documentary or? I mean, I would love it to, you know, I feel like, um, you know, those of us who make documentaries generally do it because we not love just it. because we want to entertain people, <laughs> nope. but also because we want to in some way do something mm-hmm. <laughs> positive or informative or, you know, so I feel like, um, Fred Rogers is a great kind of 
way for us to have a real deep conversation around civility and kindness and positive influence at a time where it feels very absent. So we're looking at a lot of different ways we can maybe kind of build campaigns or social outreach. I mean, not not to mention education and children's education, which is like an obvious thing mm-hmm. um, to do with the film, but hopefully something more. So, you know, we're kind of at the beginning of this whole thing and mm-hmm. hopefully this whole year we can keep pushing it. And, you know, I feel like, um, yeah, it's just a really good time to be to be talking about these things. It's a really good time to be kind. Uh, it's yep. always a good time to be kind. <laughs> right, right. Especially now. Yeah, yeah, well, you have our full support as Bitch Talk. Yeah. Contrary you. to the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bitch means a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah. You know? Context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, we support this film. We love this film. We uh, miss Mr. Rogers. Um, but thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for making this film. Sure thing. Thanks, guys. So that was our interview with Morgan Neville, director of the Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? It it was really funny because uh, after Aaron and I had watched it, I had been hearing her sobbing for the last 10 minutes of the film. And and I teared up at certain points, but it wasn't like a loud sob. So when the credits rolled, I turned to her and I was like, are you okay? And she was like, no. (laughs) Uh, This is definitely an emotional film it's easy it's easy to think that everybody's evil and against each other but there really are beautiful people out there and uh, people with empathy and and we need more of that so I'm hoping that this documentary not only gives you a little bit of hope but uh, inspires you to be kinder to people and to be um, more understanding of of people and especially children and and their emotions. Uh, so thank you very much, Morgan Neville, for your work. If you don't know him, he also directed 20 Feet from Stardom, which he won an Academy Award for. And I'm hoping he's up on the list again this year because uh, this documentary was amazing. Be sure to visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to get in touch with us on social media and to hear past episodes. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. Give us a comment. How often are you asked to rate people? We want you to rate us. Let us know what you think. Give us any suggestions. Uh, we love hearing from you. Next week will be our first official podcast from the social study event. That's what she said. It happens the first Monday of every month. It's women only. It's really inspiring. We hope to see you out there. And please be sure to listen. Thanks a lot. Bitch, please. Please.